Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature my recent conversation with Nicholas Jacobs. Nicholas, or Nico as his classmates know him, is a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2022. And he and I recently connected to talk more about his MBA journey. Nico is originally from Germany, came to the US for undergrad, uh, spent some time in Ireland before landing here in Charlottesville, um, and we talk with him not only about his MBA journey, but also about how his career interests have evolved and how he got interested in corporate ventures. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Nicholas Jacobs. Nico, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, how are you doing? Doing excellent. Uh, this is my second year at Darden, you know about to graduate um, so there's lots going on last classes to finish and uh, lots of activities to look ahead of and yeah doing great as well on the personal side and really can't complain how are so maybe, you maybe a looking a little bit looking back looking forward it's uh maybe a swirl of emotions how, how do you how do you feel uh do you, do you start to feel that sense of accomplishment like i've just done something that's pretty tough i would say like there's Generally, there's a crying eye and a smiling eye, right? Um, the the crying eye in a sense that there were so many good memories um, I already have had at Darden and so many more to look forward to in the next weeks. Um, and um, that includes, you know, anything like the core in the first year that includes uh, the amazing off kind of off-campus events, on-campus events, um, just the people that I engage with on a daily basis, the classroom, the professors, and then kind of also exciting eye, like a uh, excited eye in order to uh, looking forward what's ahead of us um, and me and uh, personally, but also professionally and really excited to kind of leverage what I learned from Darden, but also just kind of continue the relationships I made here. And um, yeah, so it's to come back to your question, I would say it's a, I don't know, it's a good feeling. Uh, I wouldn't say I will I'm probably more excited for the challenges ahead than I'm proud of myself to uh, maybe answer your question. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I mean, part of business school is coming to gain this education's degree to go on to do uh, bigger and better things. So that, that, that sounds like entirely appropriate. And I, I will say for, for me, this is always a busy time of year here in April and in early May try to catch up with everybody before they head out of town, whether they're graduating or their first year students rounding into their second year, getting ready to go do busy summer internships. So uh, it's a very active time for your, for your podcast hosts. Yeah, I can imagine. I tried to uh, catch up with some professors before uh, I leave and uh, yeah, it's, I can totally echo that. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about you and your background, where you're from and what you do before coming to DART. Yeah, so I was uh, born and raised in northern Germany, uh, born in Bremen, raised in Hamburg. Um, I, um, my family is in, like origins is in the coffee industry. So after high school, um, I worked for two years at a coffee trader uh, in Hamburg. Um, just to kind of understand it better, um, I'm a more practical person. Um, and so I really wanted to first see what the world looks like, how it works before starting to study. Um, 
And so after the two years, I was like, okay, I look forward to seeing the academic side and some of, you know, the back kind of the, the background of how things work. Um, and then, so I decided to pivot a little bit and did my bachelor at the university of San Francisco, um, partially because I wanted to get this, be part of this vibrant community around Silicon Valley, um, you know, dove in pretty deeply in the VC community, uh, did some internship around that, um, ended up uh, graduating in marketing international business um, and then joined Google in Ireland um, and uh, worked there uh, and then pretty quickly left that for to join Darden uh, and then arrived at Darden in August 2020 in the midst of the pandemic and uh, it was uh, from the start on an amazing experience. So a lot of different locations uh, through throughout that journey, obviously Northern Germany and, and Hamburg, San Francisco, to Ireland, to Charlottesville. Um, yeah. Had you always thought about an MBA? Was that something that you knew that you always wanted to do? Uh, to be honest, yes. Like uh, I, so I, my family always says the only thing that can't be taken can be taken away from you is education, right? So even though I'm a very practical person, I always knew it makes sense in the long run to have, to learn, you know, to really learn things um, and that will never be taken away from you and will pay off in the long term and uh, no matter what happens. And so um, I kind of used jump the jumping around, discovering different parts of life, different locations um, to really understand what I want. Um, and then use education as kind of the leverage to jump onto the next level and really get where I wanted to be. And um, I hope that well, I'm, I'm pretty certain that my education, my bachelor, as well as my master um, will not pay only, you know, in terms of the next couple of years, but really um, for the next 20, 30 years, um, I hope to look back and use that leverage. And so to come back again, I think the MBA was always in my mind and it was, it's kind of the perfect perfect master to channel all the different experience I had and like kind of funnel them and um, close them up to really then um, get going and do what you want, do what I wanted to do and uh, do that at a fast pace um, and have the impact I want to have. How did you get interested in Darden specifically? Um, so different, different, you know, influences, but um, I loved case, like I loved the case study method, um, and uh, because it is so practical, and I, I'm a person I always have to see the real implications. And so I loved. I visited um, some other universities, um, and I spoke to other people from other universities, and the the fact that it's all based on practical things really kind of helped me to understand why it's necessary to learn this um, was it sometimes you sit in a classroom most certainly I feel that way I sit in a classroom and I learn certain things and I'm thinking to myself where how is that applicable and at Darden um, this is most certainly true and it's already so many times where I you know over the summer but also now when I work I kind of I can reference the case and kind of similar problems and apply some of those tools I learned throughout uh, my time at Darden um, and so it's kind of like a library in my head in terms of cases. And then 
potential tools from those cases I can apply to that problem. Um, and it just like itself, the, the, the skill to understand a, prob the, a problem and be able to summarize in like say three sentences um, is something really real that will continue throughout life. And so the, I think the case study method is therefore um, something I really enjoy and thought is the best kind of way for me to, to uh, gain my, my knowledge. Well, you mentioned just starting out and engaging with your family's coffee business that you were a very practical person. And so the Darden education and Darden faculty will talk about this all the time, that their research is very closely tied to actual practitioners. It's not ivory tower, like some sort of abstract theory. This is how business looks, what actual practitioners are doing. Obviously, that bleeds into the classroom, which also has this focus on practicality and application and, and making a decision. Um, so I can imagine that that would appeal to you. Exactly. I think at the end of the day, um, business is not, you know, magic. At the end of the day, it's just solving real problems and coming up with a better solution than there was before. And in order, if you're able to find out what the real problem is and then come up with the solution, then you're successful in business. And it's so like you have to challenge the status quo um, and the case study helps you to get that skill of filtering out what the real problem is, then coming up with tools to either, you know, mitigate it or solve it. And so that I think the case study really helps in order to define that skill in order to solve real world problems. The other thing, if a faculty member was here on this podcast with us, I think they would note is your point around having a library of cases in your mind, uh, the way that the case method works. And the thing that they would mention is, you know, our brains are hardwired for stories as, as humans, uh, that architecture of having a story, a narrative around a concept. You know, we, I use this tool to help solve this particular problem in this case that had a protagonist and you know, all these details about it. It just makes the information so much stickier than a lecture where somebody was just telling you, here's what you need to know. And this is how this works. Um, and so what you, what you shared about the library, I think is a really, really cool visualization of how that works for students and alumni. Yeah, no, I, I think I can echo, I can only echo that. That makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, we run into alumni all the time at, at admissions events. Um, and they still, remember the cases, which is, it's fascinating to me, um, from a, some mental aspect. Um, so you have been in some uh, large, uh, cosmopolitan, uh, places. I uh, obviously lived in the United States, spent, uh, you know, grew up in Europe, spent time in, in Ireland as well. How do you think about coming to Charlottesville? Uh, was Charlottesville an unknown quantity to you? How did you, uh, learn uh, about Charlottesville? Yeah, it was definitely unknown because, um, yeah, I didn't have the time to visit Charlottesville and then the pandemic hit too. Um, and so before that, I didn't really have time to visit um, Charlottesville also because uh, it, it's much easier to fly from Ireland to DC or New York or Chicago or XYZ and then not take another plane to Charlottesville or drive. So um, I didn't really have a lot of expectations. I heard from many students how amazing the community is and the city and that it basically has everything to offer um but also not be too overwhelming and so i came with uh but to be honest you know I, you hear that from a lot of people that always the place you know 
uh, the, the sales the sales struggles are real, and uh, <laughs> so uh, I I wasn't too sure how exactly it's going to turn out, but um, yeah, it it, it um, I came down here with and my partner she at that time was uh, at another school and they were all virtual, so we were actually down here together and we um, we loved it. We it, it's the perfect amount of um, community uh, nature. Um, you have restaurants that are, um, you know, good. You have all kinds of grocery stores. You have really everything you need and more. Uh, and so uh, it, it turned out to be really a lovely, lovely place. And uh, one of the places we're definitely going to miss um, once once we graduated. So did you come to Darden uh, with a very formed idea of what you wanted to do from a career standpoint? Or were you more exploring a few different options and pathways for yourself? Uh, I had uh, different options in mind, but I had probably like three options in mind. And it was one of the three that I pursued. So I kind of had a North Star that guided me um, and helped me kind of to stay focused and not um, jump on another wagon. Um, but um, I, yeah, I mean, it was still relatively open, but I kind of had my three options. Can you tell us a little bit more about that North Star? And, and the reason I asked the question, Nico, is um, this is something that we hear a lot from our career colleagues and also from second year students in particular, as they share advice related to career, because there is so much opportunity that hits students yeah. early and you can feel like you're pulled in a zillion directions. And so the more engagement you can have around where you'd like to go and having that North Star is important, particularly when you have to make trade-offs. Uh, you can't do everything. Yeah, no, that's most certainly true. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, everyone has to figure out where, where, you know, what their own North Star is. And that aligns, you know, personal as well, professional things to it. Um, and each person has their own set of parameters, the certain capabilities, the certain mission, you know, whatever their mission is. So it's, it's a difficult struggle to figure that out. Um, my personal ambition was from a professional sense, I really want to make an impact and really drive a lot of value um, to stakeholders and do that on a large scale. Uh, and so like macro impact, um, and I prefer to have real impact and really, uh, that, that is something on the professional sense that drives me. Um, and then also has to align personally, um, with my kind of thoughts in mind and my partner's thoughts in mind. Um, and so I came to Darden, um, being, you know, having qualified and met certain criterias that allow me to return to my family's business, but also understanding that, you know, keeping my cards very open. So um, I, um, you know, recruited for private equity, got some offers there. Um, and then um, my third option was kind of joining a corporate venture builder. Um, so building corporate ventures. Um, and so I had those three options. Um, and then I pursued them and yeah, I went for the corporate venture builder, uh, which I will, which I did my internship is in the summer turned out to be uh, amazing. Uh, and I will return there, um, starting in August. So, yeah. Well, congratulations. That, that's awesome. Can we, uh, stick with your career, um, story just a little bit more. Um, so as you're considering these things. Were there any like tactics or things that you did that you thought were really helpful to you to figure out which of these opportunities really resonated with you and really appealed? 
Mm. Um, I mean, it's an ongoing process. So it's like, I wouldn't say there's like one thing. Um, generally, um, it's a balance, right, between giving up on something and getting something. So like, Knowing in private equity, I knew I would have to do 100 DCFs a day for a couple of years, uh, to you know, uh, which would be fine with me. And I think I would learn a lot and I would use that to then be in a role where I can have that impact where I want to be. But I knew that it will be, you know, a couple of years of a lot of, lot of work um, and um, a lot of learning, which I was willing to do. But also, I'm a, um, I was eager to pretty quickly have an impact. So that was kind of the consideration with PE that I had to weigh. Um, also, I um, I personally, I want to have more freedom than some of the folks uh, I have met in private equity. And so in the sense that I want to have free time, spend more time with the family. Um, so that was another consideration that was uh, important to me. Um, and then largely the impact I can have um, and and so those were kind of the three things probably that defined um, my decision. Um, and um, but again, each person is different. It's an ongoing process, and you know things change, and which is good. And um, but probably those three are the biggest consideration I I had. Well, the reason for the follow up question, and I really appreciate what you shared there, is that there's a lot of self reflection and introspection that goes into this. And it's not just like you do this before you start school and then you never check back uh, or just you reflect after your internship or whatever the case may be, uh, that it is continuous and your priorities may be different than another classmate's priorities. Exactly. Yeah. Which can sometimes be hard for people to accept. I think sometimes there's this thing in business school that happens for folks where Maybe you focus externally more than listen to that internal voice at times. Um, I think that's something that's that some students really wrestle with, particularly when it comes to career and things like academics. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think especially coming from Europe, uh, where things work a little differently in terms of career. Um, I think that can throw people off, and you can be quickly in that rat race, I want to say, where you hunt certain things, even though you might not really want it and that you just do it for the sake of being in the rat race. Um, and it's very easy to fall into that. Um, and very, you know, very difficult to not be attracted by other people's North stars because it's obviously much easier to follow that than your own one. And it's a struggle to find your own one. But uh, the cool thing is I think Darden, um, Helped, helped me a lot, at least, and helped other people a lot to figure out that North Star. And, um, and so I, I didn't have a super, super clear North Star, but um, most certainly, you know, the, the, the community here, the school um, was able to shape my idea uh, much better and allow me to be like much more confident in order to be, okay, this is what I want to do. And I heard from others the same thing that they also felt so confident that they were like, okay, Actually, I you know don't want to do that, even though I thought I was going to do it. So, um, I think the school gives a lot of thought into exactly that point that everyone finds their own mission in life. Was that the career coaches? Was it the second year uh, coaches that work with students? Was it 
um, clubs and organizations. I mean, when you say that the Darden was helpful, I'm not surprised to hear that. I'm, I'm curious what resources or, or relationships were most useful to you as you as you sorted that out for yourself. I mean, to be honest, it was uh, the the fellow students and uh, the conversations you have over, you know, a tea or coffee or a glass of wine um, that really shape you. You know, obviously, you you get it different. You you get a lot of information from clubs and the career coach, etc. But nothing really beats a good conversation with a friend who understands you and really listens to you. So, um, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's the it's the fellow students that really That's shape right. it. Yeah, that makes it makes sense, and uh, I appreciate um, you're 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 uh, entertaining my follow up questions here uh, about this because I think it's it's really important for prospective students who are oftentimes listening to this podcast to hear uh, about this work. Um, so thank you for sharing, uh, Nico. So second year is still a busy year, but you uh, control your time a little bit more. You're choosing where to put your energy. You're picking your classes. Tell us a little bit more about what second year has been like for you. Yeah, second year, I, um, I think everyone uses it differently, right? Some people jump into working on their own venture. Some people jump onto, you know, really driving the community, helping clubs, helping the organization um, or helping others. Um, and so my my kind of thing, personally, I was intrigued. Like, I'm this is my last year where I'm going to be like academically in an academic setting, most likely. And so I tried to challenge myself and push myself out of the comfort zone and basically took classes that um, touch topics, which I am not really where I need, you know, to get up to a faster speed or which I don't really feel comfortable exploring myself in my free time. So I focused a lot on um, like very detailed finance classes, uh, data science, uh, data analytics, um, things that I probably wouldn't discover myself. Like I wouldn't, you know, force myself to get into and my free time. Um, and so that was my core focus next to that. Um, I took the time honestly to, to just process and like, and prepare myself mentally for the next step. Um, so I went on a lot of hikes, uh, with my partner, use the outside outdoors a lot, um, really make sure that I'm in a good state of mind. Um, and um, yeah, other than that, I work still, you know, I work with my family still. Um, so that takes some time. Uh, and, so, and so I, the free time allows me to invest more time into certain projects where I want to invest more time. Um, and um, yeah, so that's kind of my, my three things I really try to focus on. I think that's good. And we've, we've heard this kind of like three things that you have time for um, kind of thing and different advice related to how you can spend your time. I do think it varies between first year and second year. What I hear pretty consistently from the second year students is that they, they do feel like they have more space, more time uh, to explore things like hobbies and interests. You may not feel that always during the, during the core. So um, I want to stick with your classes uh, for a second. Is there a class or two that really jumps out to you um, from this year that's been particularly interesting, exciting, or like you were surprised by this class, how much you enjoyed it? I mean, this is a podcast for prospective students. I don't know uh, if I'm selling the right classes now, but uh, I really fell in love with the Mark Lipson International Finance class. Uh, I enjoyed taxation a lot. 
currently in a class taxation for merger and acquisition. I mean, it couldn't get more complicated than that, especially coming from a European background where taxation is completely different and the legal system is completely different too. So it's like, uh, it couldn't get more niche and detail orientated, but um, um, yeah, those are probably three classes that I, I really enjoy. Uh, <laughs> I I know I'm not, <laughs> I know it's probably not everyone's cup of tea, but um, I I truly enjoy getting into the weeds of um, all of it and kind of just exploring things. I probably won't you know go into that depth uh, ever again. Well, there's a lot of I think there's a few interesting things. One, there's no there is no right answer to the what's <laughs> been a favorite class for you, and I think it's good for students to hear the breadth of the curriculum, right? So we've had people come on and talk about all kinds of classes here. And I, I will say we haven't had a lot of people reference, you know, the taxation focused classes or, <laughs> um, and we have heard some of the, the more niche finance classes. But one of the things I love about what you shared in terms of how you were selecting your classes is that it came from this place of learning and curiosity and like stretching yourself. As you might imagine, Nico, we get a lot of questions from prospective students who are really kind of focused on concentrating or specializing in that second year. And one of the things we oftentimes will share as an admissions committee is, well, for some Darden students, that might be really driving their course selection. But in, in my experience, I actually hear more of your story when people choose their their electives. It's like, I just wanted to take a class with this faculty member, or this topic seemed interesting, or when was going to be the next time I could take a class like this? Probably never. So um, I wanted to take that class. Um, this so any advice, any, any anything that you would share with listeners who kind of really focused on specializing or thinking about concentrating? Uh, I mean, it comes back to the, to your first point, right? Continue to reflect. Um, and so things change. I, things change constantly, which is good, I think. Um, but it's important to reflect. And so I changed some of my classes based on, some of the ideas I had or some of the um, comments by my fellow classmates who were in second year or who now took certain classes in previous quarters that I now take, et cetera. So like, just be open, um, listen to yourself, listen to others, uh, and then use that information to, to make a decision. But um, I, I generally wouldn't think in concentrations. Um, I think concentrations are great, but like, uh, think at the end of the day everyone has their own concentration and so it's um uh, it's important to figure out what your own concentration will look like and uh it most likely you're going to hit a concentration um but that's really not the point the point is to to really use the second year to kind of round up your concentration the other thing that I'm curious about is, are you surprised that you've enjoyed these classes? Uh, like, is there, you, know, you look back on your life, you look back on your experiences, you mentioned that your undergraduate background, it was in, in business related topics, but are you surprised that you've really enjoyed these more detail oriented finance classes? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely surprised and confused at the same time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, no, it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean the faculty does such a great job, and I think the case study, re uh, case method, really helps there. Um, but I'm definitely surprised, and uh, I actually enjoy it a lot. And over the summer, I, you know, working with corporate ventures, you have to build, you know, the business model from scratch. So then, like, 
I generally enjoy sitting late at night in front of my Excel now and just working things out, thinking about where revenue comes from, where the cost, how the cost should kind of flow, etc. So, um, yeah, surprised, uh, scared, confused, uh, definitely all of it. But I'm really, really glad that I, really glad that I discovered that kind of side. I think you're you. you make a lot of good points about the value of stretching yourself in this kind of way and sort of the self-discovery that, that comes with that. And you are learning from such incredible people here at Darden and with such incredible people. Your classmates have, are also a big part of this story and undoubtedly too. So tell us a little bit more about what you're going to be doing after graduation. And I think we've started to get a little bit of a sense of it based on what you shared previously. But for people who don't know what corporate ventures and what this kind of work looks like, would you mind sharing just a little bit more? Yeah, so um, the idea is that research and development, uh, if you look at the MSCI world, companies only spend 3 to 5% of their revenue in R&D. And R&D well, you know, is the biggest driver in, for change, maybe environmental change, um, you know, any kind of change is driven by R&D and innovation. And so 3 to 5% to me sounds too little. And so the idea is of a corporate venture is to use a corporate asset base. So the properties a corporate already owns and build a venture based on one of these properties or several properties to, and basically build a venture on a de-risk basis because it already is built on a fundament that is healthy and stable. So... Um, because of that, you're able to scale much faster and you're able to scale on a much lower risk profile and innovate on a much lower risk profile. Um, and the idea is that you basically create this corporate venture as an independent venture. So you could theoretically take it public, you could sell it, um, or you can just keep it in the organization. Um, and so that way you're, you're really able to speed up innovation on a, on a much lower risk basis. Um, and um, yeah, the, to me, what is appealing to me is, again, you're able to innovate much, much faster, much um, on, and, um, with much lower risk. And you work on very interesting topics on a day-to-day, -day, but you also work with these big corporates that are used to very, uh, you know, historical processes, et cetera. So it's, a, it's an interesting... It's an interesting way, and it's uh, most certainly kind of a, a mixture between creative work and um, I want to say like old, the old way how business is done, mixed with a lot of creativity and 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 scalability and growth. You mentioned when you went to the University of San Francisco for undergrad that you wanted to get really plugged in, and you did get plugged in with opportunities in the Silicon Valley related to VC. You mentioned recruiting for private equity. You talk, talking about this corporate venture work, how did you learn about this as a thing? Um, and then, you know, how did this particular line of work, like um, when you look forward in your career, like how does this fit into your, your bigger vision for where you'd like to go? Yeah, I, I might. So that re, for your first question, so how does it align with like PE and all of that VC? I think so like PE is super interesting um, because it, create it can create so much value right um however i don't like too much that it's um sometimes not 
the value add is sometimes um, difficult to find other than looking at certain things. So I um, like, for example, looking at synergies, et cetera. So I want to do more than that. So personally, that that's something that in PE I, I struggle with that. I, I am a person, I want to add more value than just, um, you know, fit, finding certain synergies or cutting certain costs to, to say it blunt. Right. And then VC for me, the struggle is that you bet on a lot of horses and then a couple of them, you know, make up for the ones that didn't win. And so, it is not really a so it to me it doesn't sound too sustainable and it sounds a little bit um, vague and not very focused enough which then PE would be right so um, it's 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 too artsy in that respect and PE is too non artsy and then so the corporate venture is quite in the middle where you where you build you have the creativity and the artsiness of VC and you have the structure of um, you know, a PE firm. So um, most of the, and then to your second question, how did I find it? Um, I uh, met the founder and former CEO of BCG Digital Ventures um, at a conference a couple of years ago in LA. Um, and um, yeah, we, we talked about how to, you know, how I want to make an impact, but it's very difficult to really make a true impact. And then we got into conversations uh, and um because of that, we 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 kept in touch, and um, he, uh, yeah, we 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 um, continue to kind of try to challenge each other. Um, and um, he started another company uh, called Nax, which works similar to, as BCG Digital Ventures, but has more um, firepower to it in the sense that it has more access to liquidity um, through the public market um, blockchain as well as um, PE funds. And therefore, is able to basically scale startups or corporate ventures even faster, and allows them to not be dependent on any intermediaries, and therefore live in an ecosystem uh, that is self-sustaining and doesn't live off any intermediaries. Um, so that and that was very appealing to me, and something I uh, thought was kind of mind-blowing. Um, and uh, yeah, so. I uh, interviewed with them and uh, did my case interviews with them. And then I um, got in and yeah, here we go. <laughs> well, that sounds like a, a really cool company to go work for. I'm always so struck by all the interesting things that Darden graduates are, are getting to do uh, post-graduation. Um, when you look at this next opportunity, and, and we started this conversation, you know, asking you sort of how you feel at this moment. And you, you said like you were really energized about what's to come for you. Can, can we look even further into the future? Um, if you go out, you know, five, 10 plus years, where do you, where do you see yourself heading? What, what's your, what's your vision? Yeah. So the plan is the next five years, I will be working, uh, at that company, um, kind of working on developing corporate ventures. And then, uh, after that, uh, my partner and I will move to Germany. Uh, and I will be working for my family's holding company uh, and then kind of use everything I learned to kind of fuel the growth there and um, have an impact there um, on the thing, on, you know, a commodity I really enjoy, coffee, uh, and really change the lives of a lot of people. And so that's the, that's the plan um, to do five years here and then move back to Germany uh, and yeah, try to have an impact there. 
I would think the coffee business would be fascinating. I mean, you've got a global supply chain. You have to get it to market. You've got to sell it somehow. A lot of competition in that particular area. There's some very well-known brands. There's some very niche brands. How do you want to define your brand? I mean, I think like the list goes on things. Um, so uh, what, what, what's exciting to you about, about helping lead the family business? Um, well, there's a lot of frictions in this, in the, you know, there's a lot of frictions in general, especially like it's easy to point out the friction in the supply chain, right? You have a lot of intermediaries, um, and the farmer that creates so much value is not paid the value that, um, he or she deserves. Um, and so that's a huge friction. And like, uh, if you're able to solve that, um, you help the farmer so much, you help um, industry, you help the, help the coffee quality, um, really anything. And so that just pointing out that, like, if you're able to solve how the farmer gets paid um, accordingly to the value uh, they create, you are able to really have an impact for consumers by providing much better coffee for the farmers by paying the fair share um, for the environment because you they can invest into much better plants that are much more, you know, they don't need as much, uh, you know, chemicals uh, or water, et cetera, et cetera. So it, just looking in, into the supply chain itself, you have so many frictions that um, if you solve them, really have an impact on all stakeholders and drive so much value for um, us, but, you know, everyone else. And so the same you can apply to distribution chain and, so there's so many frictions that is very exciting and to, uh, to, you know, get to work and solve some of them. As you were running through that list, the farmer, the environment, uh, consumer, the industry, I was, I was thinking about stakeholder theory and how you approach problems at, at Darden. So um, it's, I'm, cur I'm curious about how those kind of classes and maybe this is the general orientation of the program has been helpful to you in kind of thinking about problems in that way. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think I'm much better at structuring my thought um, and structuring process and therefore better analyzing um, the flaws or the, you know, the, the, again, the frictions in the system and then be able to identify them uh, and solve and be able to work on solving them. And so, um, yeah, Ed Friedman is an, an awesome professor and I speak to him a lot uh, and uh you know, th th at the end of the day, the biggest drive of, of monetary value is if you able to solve big problems, right? The, and if you create a good product or service, you, um, as a shareholder, make a lot of money if you are actually able to solve a problem with providing a good solution. And so that's what we're trying to do. Um, I think there's a lot of so much potential to do so. Um, and most certainly Darden helped me a lot to prepare me to do so by better analyzing problems, better learning about tools, how to solve these problems by having a community that um, I can tab into if necessary, or um, that provides me professional uh, advice. And then um, next to that, it's just like the professors as well and the whole organization. Uh, I know that, that, you know, they're behind me and I can kind of, um, use them in a sense to to try to solve some of these problems.
Well, Nico, last question for you. Um, what's a, one piece of advice that you would share with our prospective student listeners, uh, people who are thinking about an MBA, maybe think about Darden, or maybe even preparing to start school uh, come August? What, what would you What would you highlight for them? Uh, I mean, it's easy to get distracted in this world where things are so fast, uh, where everything moves so fast. Um, but I think it's important to slow sometimes things down uh, because it makes you see things that you don't, sometimes you don't see because you're so much in a, you know, so much surrounded by this fast pace that you don't, it's very, it's very easy to lose sight of certain things. So um, I think for any kind of student or any person, it's important to take the time, really reflect, um, figure out what you want in your personal life, professional life, um, and then, um, you know, do whatever is necessary for you to reflect, maybe a journal or maybe go on a walk. Um, and then it will, I think that will help a lot in order to succeed, uh, in your personal professional life. I know it's very, very vague and broad advice, but I think, uh, you know, especially at Darden, it goes even faster. Um, so it's important that before you maybe go to Darden, that you take the minute to think about it before being in an environment that is so, so fast. That's, I mean, I think that's great advice. Even, even if it is broad, I think <laughs> it's still important. I mean, it's when we talk with prospective students uh, about what makes um, an application really stand out, you know, and to, to differentiates, you know, one application from another, it is typically reflection and introspection and uh, the applicant's understanding of who they are and why they want to take this step. And it's very clear, the applicants who've done that kind of hard work, it's not easy asking these questions, um, but it, there's so much value in it. And I think you did a great job, Nico, talking about why it's important in your career process, why it's important in the academic experience, um, and having that North Star and, and accepting that you know where you start with that work is maybe not necessarily where you're going to end, and it's all part of an ongoing process and, and the people who can be helpful along the way include everybody from alumni, employers, uh, faculty, to even your classmates, or maybe particularly uh, your classmates as you, as you have conversations with them about who they are, what they want to do, and what they're really passionate about. And so I so enjoyed this conversation. I learned something new every time I host one of these uh, interviews. And uh, I didn't know too much about corporate ventures before this conversation. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Nico, for teaching me about something new. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, most certainly you have summarized my thoughts much better than I could have expressed them. So I thank you for that. Um, but yeah, no, it's been very pleasant. And uh, yeah, thank you uh, for having me. And that was my interview with Nicholas Jacobs, a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2022. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.